Welcome to the What the Data podcast with your hosts, Mitch and Leo. Hello, hello to all the data lovers, and this is another episode of What the Data. And today with us is Jakob. Hey, Jakob, how's it going? Hey, guys. Uh, happy to hear you, or you can hear me at least. We are so excited to have you today on the podcast. Uh, to the one of you who doesn't know, Jakob is located in Czech Republic, is a consultant. And Jakob, maybe tell us some words about yourself. Uh, thanks. So uh, I'm consulting uh, growth uh, and uh, pricing right now, uh, only for the mobile apps. My performance is, uh, uh, sorry, my background is performance marketing. I've been doing it for like past 10 years. Uh, I started at desktops and last four years, uh, I'm doing only mobile apps, data growth, and now pricing. So, Jako, we actually met when you were working for a, a dating app back in, mm-hmm. what was it, 2017 already? It's a long time ago, I think. A- yeah, 17, 18, 18. 18. And what we're going to be talking about today is your experience with marketing data and dating apps in general. What is your starting point when you actually using the data from dating? How sensitive is it actually? It's very, very sensitive. Like compared, like the whole, whole dating is, uh, is very sensitive. And uh, we got uh, even more sensitive, sensitive topic, uh, which is LGBT dating. Uh, so basically, uh, gays, uh, lesbian and queer women. So it was very sensitive for, uh, all the participants. And, uh, at a time, we also haven't got that, uh, that many, uh, that many requests for removal. Uh, it wasn't known that much, but uh, I've seen uh, a surge of that, uh, requests, uh, from like 2018 to 2020 right now, uh, by, I don't know, like, Hundred percent, maybe, uh, maybe even more, like four hundred percent. Each right, right now, it might be each day someone asking us for for that removal. So it's very sensitive data, and people are aware of that. So people became much more aware to privacy issues. Then, is it limiting the way that you can do actually retargeting on Facebook and Google? Uh, no, not that to, to that that extent. As I think uh, that. Uh, Basically, Google and uh, Facebook uh, don't care where you get the data. So uh, if we if we were doing it at a time, I wouldn't say it was limiting for us. No, no, I, I don't think it, it's limiting at all right now. Uh, the uh, the n- another way is uh, is that uh, it's very hard to do online dating in general on on Facebook at least because face- Facebook wants to regulate it relatively hard. Uh, and uh, it's hard to be profitable on Facebook. For example. Yeah, there, there are better uh, networks to, to be at. Facebook are still open for advertisement. They're not really limiting you in, in any certain way. But what events are you actually sending them? What are you allowed to send them? Are they actually having any events that are not allowed? E- events? Uh, events are okay. You can send anything. Basically, Facebook or Google don't care that much. Uh, but, uh, you can only, uh, uh, you can only select certain targeting. Like, uh, you can be only targeting people who, uh, who are single, which is like, I don't know, like 2% of people select their relationship status to single, 
or you can uh, you can target those who are like undecided, so not those who are in relationship, etc. And also, especially if it's LGBT community uh, or LGBT rated, uh, you need to be whitelisted for for the ads for ability to show your ads. And also, if even if you do, then you probably need to be prepared for ads disapproval much more often than the regular advertisers who advertise sneakers. When you're collecting data internally, or are you collecting any data internally when when a dating app is launched? So are you sending a lot of events to the backend or are you storing it or you don't even touch it? You don't even look at it. What are the main events that... I would say that uh, when I work the LGBT dating apps, I, I would say we, we, we approach that uh, to the, the same uh, same rigor as uh, every other app. So yes, we do uh, we aggregate data and uh, work with the data as every other app. We wouldn't be after any particular user behavior, like like for any particular user. We were just uh, curious if users are swiping, how much, what we can expect, and uh, uh, the biggest the biggest thing we had to resolve. Uh, was not the user's behavior, uh, but the scammer's behavior. That was the most uh, uh, difficult thing to um, find out, like who's a scammer and who's not. Because what we uh, what we revealed was that there, there for every dating gap, not just the LGBT, but, but for every dating gap, there are some scammers who are actively trying to uh, move your users to another platforms like Google Chats or whatever, and then try to push them to to click on a um, the links which either take them somewhere they don't want to or they are never pro- proactively asking them for money various ways so either like uh, one way is hey i would like to be your sugar daddy or sugar mama or uh, a little bit uh, more sophisticated uh, ways like hey i really like you i really do send me some photos and then after some days hey my whatever my puppy died my grandmother died hey Send me some money because I'm poor and uh, I don't have any, you know, like, and uh, what's, what's really interesting is that uh, we, we get in touch uh, with some, uh, with some former scammer uh, or spammer guy <coughs> who did it for money. He showed us like how much money he did. It was like, I don't know, three in, in a good days, it was like $300 uh, dollars a day. In the bad days, it was like, Twenty, twenty bucks a day, uh, and uh, he he did it through some online, basically online online platform, uh, which was uh, so, uh, which was uh, used for exchanging those those links, and for uh, it was basically affiliate affiliate scheme. So he would take a link spe- specialized to some dating segment like LGBT segment, and uh, made money from the clicks uh, he he have used. So this was really interesting to go after uh, those people who weren't really, really, who didn't want to date, but uh, only wanted to scam. So if we, if you're looking at the data, when you're looking at data, at least the thing that interesting you more is, is it a scammer or not rather than is it a good user or bad user for me? Yes, exactly. Because uh, it's, if it's good or bad user, it's really hard to tell, especially on uh, in dating apps. Uh, it depends uh, 
where you uh, download the app. If you are in the middle of uh, Alabama and there's no one around you, even the if, if the app itself is great, no one uh, will want to stay uh, and stick with it because there's no one around. You don't have anyone to swipe. And if you are in the middle of uh, New York City, then uh, of course uh, there's plenty of users. So it was hard to tell what user is uh, is good and what who's not, and even harder to tell uh, uh, who is going to pay. But for the scammers, it was for some time it was uh, a bit easier, and uh, also scammers were number one complaint uh, for us. And I believe it is still the number one uh, uh, topic uh, for uh, most of the users uh, across the dating industry. So if we're looking at, at the dating app, what are the top KPIs you're looking at in the morning? So when you wake up and you arrive into the office? Uh, definitely number of, uh, number of new, new signups, number of paid or uh, like uh, new, uh, new subscriptions. And then uh, just, you're just after if everything's right, like a number of swipes, a uh, number of messages, etc. Like uh, those 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 things were usually fine, and you were just after uh, some like uh, huge uh, huge uh, steps in the in the traffic, uh, so we know that everything went right. But basically, those unless something was really fucked up, those uses uh, those numbers uh, didn't uh, change that much. So the the star metrics say uh, were only two uh, new signups and uh, new subscriptions, basically. And then do you, do you check conversions? So how many of them actually leaving the app after a while? Are you, do you care about it when you actually retargeting these users? No, because we, we didn't retarget those users, at least not the, in the paid. We did some uh, retention operations, but we didn't retarget those users on the ad networks. So we were only sending push messages uh, and emails, for example. But again, it go, uh, it backs, uh, goes back to the, to the situation that uh, you need to estimate or you need to know where the user is to uh, to actually tell if it has the potential to be a quality user or not. Because if you're not, if there's no one around you, you won't be sticking around. Because I'm I'm really always fascinated about dating app, and I'm I'm thinking that this is the most interesting uh, field to work at. And when you're looking at the creatives that you're creating. How much thought actually you need to put inside it? What is the, the real effort that goes into thinking how you're promoting your app? Is it a hard task in the sea of uh, dating apps that existing out there? Or is it we just need to find your niche and then figure out which creatives are working best for them? I would say you are fairly limited of what you can say and promise in the app, in the, in the ad. So uh, because, for example, if you are back to Facebook, Facebook checks the ads and says, okay, this is too much. Uh, you can say you will find someone. You only can say you will meet someone, for example. Like, uh, it's a dumb example, but uh, you, you need to be aware of some limitations. And uh, I wouldn't say it's about the ad. I would say it's about the finding the right channel. Because, for, for example, for us, in the past, we weren't uh, able to to get whitelisted uh, in the uh, on the Facebook uh, for a very long time because we had no connections there. Uh, so we are running, for example, only Google Ads, and this wa- wasn't success at any level. And right now, what I'm hearing is uh, Facebook is damned basically for, for for most of the dating apps. It's really hard to uh, to get your niche, find your niche, 
uh, and get uh, any uh, reasonable uh, amount of spendings there uh, to get profitable. So now, now I'm hearing TikTok is very hard because on TikTok and and it's also caused uh, by the fact that you cannot show ads on TikTok. Ads like made ads, which are like which look like an uh, which look like an ad. You need to be cooperating with creators to actually show some something which doesn't look like an ad, but like in a uh, real uh, uh, creator's story. And then you can take the video and uh, show it as, a, as an ad. But uh, whenever whenever any uh, any ad on TikTok has some call to action at the, at the end, say download the app now or whatever, it doesn't usually work. Uh, and I participated in some campaigns and this was exactly it. Like you, you really need to try hard for your ads not to look like an as an ad, so that that's the main uh, one of the main differentiators. So the less it looks like an ad, the better. And on, if you have this kind of videos, because it has to be a video, uh, of course you have a chance to show an uh, an image there, but uh, you just will swipe it immediately. So you can take those videos back to Facebook and try or to whatever whatever a platform also Snapchat might work for you. Again, to, uh, back to the back to the TikTok. The way we we found it works for some apps, uh, not dating in general, but uh, right now for for like uh, more apps in general is that uh, the creative uh, is the one and the targeting the the broader the better. Uh, because if you if you are using look like audiences or even targeting on some some interest of, of, which your uh, audience can have, it's usually usually get worse than uh, if you are uh, just using the demo. So just uh, man or woman and maybe age also depends. And that's it. So the more broad and uh, less it looks like in ad. <laughs> Might be uh, a good, uh, a good for you to try uh, networks like that. And, and how do you measure it? So how do you measure success? The CTR, of course, uh, and then the ROAS, the money you can you get back from the advertising spend, from the subscriptions, for example. So that's and uh, install cost of uh, install. Uh, so basically, you put some ads uh, in, the, in the platform and see what, what works uh, the best. The same way you would do uh, on Facebook, TikTok platform has like a lower chance of like uh, making things uh, difficult. Like you have only a few options to turn on there, so it's much easier to see uh, success. Like what 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 works and what's not. So as we're arriving to the end of the episode, will you be able to give your tips to people who wants to entering the the dating? apps and maybe also which KPIs are recommending them to look at? What are the most important things to, to check? Okay, so if we are going into the dating space, my first advice is don't. Unless you have something really <laughs> uh, game-changing, like the videos, one-to-one videos are something which is really hot right now. And I can see some uh, really good apps coming in. So, so, uh, and maybe the, the combination of like, uh, social network and dating, like you can, you can chat to like one to one, one to many. There's one app 
on app. I can't remember its name, but it's really hot right now. Coming in, it's okay. That was a really good idea, but uh, this just the swiping or grid mechanisms uh, of uh, updating, like uh, uh, which which is with us for like really long time. I don't think it works anymore. Just just like that, even for a really niche like for threesomes for for Muslims forever. Uh, for whoever, it's like uh, the the space is really full of the com- competing apps. So that's uh, that would be my uh, that would be my first question. The second is, if you really want to do that, I suggest uh, that you you'll try to advertise it first because in the app stores there's like zero chance of uh, sac- uh, success unless you have a way to scale it, paid marketing. So definitely you need to be trying creators on TikTok or Snapchat, maybe. I mean, like the TikTok creators and then using the ad on Snapchat or some other networks. So that would be my second advice. And a third, be aware of scammers. Uh, like uh, those, if, if you are huge enough, like from, I don't know, 20K a month and more active users, you get some scammers and those scammers have ability to send you uh, really uh, down with ratings. So ha- have some mechanisms to, to actually fight with scammers and some mechanisms to improve ratings as much as possible because that's what that's the only thing that will differentiate you because uh, the competition is really fierce. Interesting. And then if we're looking at KPIs, what are the, let's say, three to four must-look KPIs for a, a dating app? Probably cost per install. Uh, mainly, you will be after United States, so cost per per install of the app, cost per active user. At least, like you can, what you can expect basically is that users will stick with you generally in dating for one, two, maybe three months if they are paying. Uh, maybe a bit more if they don't, but uh, it's very hard to see users sticking with you uh, for like six plus months period. So expect really low LTV compared to, uh, to different apps. Uh, so uh, monetize them early. So first week monetization uh, is the key in, in here. And uh, yeah, that's that's about it. That's about it. Like it's not difficult. It's uh, just really hard to, to do right. Uh, in uh, like uh, you have you are limited. Uh, you have limited options to uh, work with. It sounds like the churn is very high on, it on is. the user. It is. You can get like 5% of users after week one. It's like a you know, better scenario. Wow. That's low. Yeah. So, Jakob, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate you joining here. You know what? You're welcome. Thank you very much. I think it's a great episode. Uh, if you liked it, please subscribe and like us. And of course, share it with your friends. Thank you, everybody. See you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the What the Data podcast. 